another episode where we have a special guest and I'm going to say that every one of my guests are special but he is very well known on TikTok and social media as a Christian influencer. We have Jonathan here with us today. So let's get straight into this. I'm going to give you the floor so that you can tell us more about yourself. Um, so like Janika said, I am an influencer. I primarily work on TikTok. I'm also on Instagram. On TikTok, I'm John the Saint. On Instagram, I'm Saint John. Um, the spelling on that's awkward. She might have to put it in a bio or something like that. But anyways, um, <laughs> God blessed me with the with the platform. So I just enjoy making Christian content that's funny, that's relatable, that is real, and God is really just blessed me and allowed my account to grow. So honestly, I'm really thankful. Awesome sauce. And like you said, your account has grown. I laugh on half of your TikToks, just so you know. TikTok is like the one place that Christianity like can be funny and like educational. So that's a good one. Um, But how did you actually get into being a Christian influencer? What like, how long have you been involved in church? I know that's two questions, but yeah, I'm just very interested. So it kind of ties into each other, honestly. So it's a part of my testimony, but essentially I grew up in church. And so I've always been a believer, but I was more so riding on my parents' faith. I didn't have an established relationship for myself. So that led me to looking for validation through other things, through friends, through pornography, all kinds of stuff that just wasn't good for me. And so when TikTok first came out, I actually had my, I had an account that had like 80,000 and I was doing things that weren't really glorifying God. I wasn't excited to do what I was doing. I I felt stuck because if you know how TikTok works, it's like a niche kind of thing. And so if you go for a certain type of thing, you have to keep doing that thing to keep growing your account. And so I was just stuck in, um, my mom, she ended up finding out about my account and I talk about my mom all the time on my TikTok. She's been the main influence into my my walk and so we just had a conversation about a lot um i ended up shutting that account down and took a long break from tiktok i honestly didn't expect myself to come back then what happened was i went to an fca camp which stands for fellowship of christian athletes i go there every summer and i love it and the kids really gravitated to the way that I preached the gospel. They really liked the way that I carried myself. You didn't see too many Christian influencers, at least I didn't, who looked like me, who dressed like me. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to start a TikTok and we're just going to see what happens. I didn't expect it to grow as quickly as it did. I grew to like 60,000 within like two or three months. And I was just like, whoa. Oh. So it's been. Yeah, it was crazy. It was a time um, when I first started my TikTok. It was extremely rapid growth. But, um, yeah, it's definitely been a journey for sure. And so that's how I became a, a Christian influencer. Um, and I don't know what the future is looking like right now, but I'm I'm really excited still to keep doing what I'm doing. So. Oh, you mentioned like so much, <laughs> by the way, still sick podcast, but you mentioned so much good stuff in there. Talk more about like your mom, what influence has she really had on you like throughout your entire life? Okay, so my mom, she's amazing. Everybody calls her Mama Diggs. Um, she's basically the mom of everybody. But um, she has, uh, she, we don't do it currently because the students are out for summer break, but we have like a college Bible study that she typically leads. So she's always been the person who, who has developed and cultivated my faith. Now, typically speaking, according to scripture, it should be your dad, but because of different situations, it was her. And so... 
I do have my father and my mother in my life, but like I said, it's always been her. So she's been the main one who would sit us down. I have two brothers. She would sit us all down. We would have devotionals. We would pray. We would just have real life conversations. And I'm truly grateful for her. She would pray for us. Um, that's when I found out you can't lie to a woman with the Holy Spirit. So men of God out there, <laughs> it, it's it's not going to work. But uh, yeah, she's been a blessing for sure. She always um, looks out for me and my, and my family and my even my friends and so i'm just truly thankful to have her in my life oh that's so sweet and so like i don't from the vibe i'm getting she doesn't come off like as a mom who is like super i don't know if she's super strict but like beats you with the bible if oh. that's a, that's not the good that's not a good phrase <laughs> but um uh so she she started off that way but even as I've seen mm-hmm. her grow as a believer, she's been more loving and less religious. So it definitely started off uh, at a point where me and her, we weren't cool or close. But as I've gotten older and we've had a lot more conversations and things of that nature, I can understand why she was the way that she was. And she's definitely a lot different from when we first were when I was younger. Because I know for a fact, my mother, she beat me with the Bible. I hated going to church every second of it because the thing was too like i think um she was very like misogynistic in her own way when she talked about going to church because then she would be like oh you have to go to church but your brother he's good like he he'll find god when he wants to like he'll go to church whenever and i was just like okay but then when i wanted to get more involved in church she never had the time like take me places to do those things so i was just like it's seeming very hypocritical to me right now yeah but and then, like, it would just, like, she would always tell me, like, I need to dunk myself in the Holy Spirit. I lived in the Bahamas, so, like, we had a beach all okay. everywhere. And she would, like, dunk yourself seven times and cleanse yourself because you're not doing good right now. Yeah. Like, my shoulders would be out. She would hate that. Like, tattoos, don't even, don't even get her started. She will literally, she told my brother when he got his ears pricked, she was like, you're letting the devil use you. God is not happy with you right now. And I was just like. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So when I got a tattoo, she was just like, mm. leave. She was like, I can't look at you. So I think that's like, that's like, that's where my, huh? that's kind of where my mom was. She, um, going to church wasn't really an option. I didn't even want to try and argue that, um, tattoos and piercings <laughs> for us. So we just don't really talk about it. But, um, she's definitely a lot less religious than she used to be. So I'm truly thankful for that. Yeah. I, I'm thankful that, that that's the experience that you got. Um, but even more like going into like, now, I don't know if this is uncomfortable, you can tell me to stop and if I, whatever, but talking to your mom about like your TikTok, um, I don't know if you talked to her about the pornography part either, but like, how was that? Was it awkward? Was it scary? Did you feel like open enough to have those conversations? So having your parents be an accountability partner is probably one of the most difficult things. Fortunately for me, I have my brother who is my accountability partner. So I don't really want to talk to my mom. But she knows. She actually watches all of my TikToks, almost all of them. She follows me on TikTok. Um, She keeps up with what I do. And uh, honestly, it's a it's a blessing to be able to show her my TikTok and her be proud. Um, my parents' approval was always very significant for me. So like when I first had my original TikTok account and she wasn't happy, kind of crushed me. But now that mm-hmm. she's to like 
show other people what we're doing. Um, I have another, all my brothers, we do TikTok content, but um, I have another brother who specifies in Christian content as well. So like, it's pretty cool that she's able to go show other people what we're doing and she's happy. But um, when it comes to stuff like talking about like pornography and things, it's just really hard to like open up to somebody like your mom, for instance, about it. Cause I know that's not something that she would be happy to hear. But, like, where she's at now, she, like, totally understands. She's always making sure that she's praying for me. She doesn't mind checking up on me. She doesn't mind um, letting the Holy Spirit lead her and correct me when it's needed. So, um, it's not, it's not like, I don't know. I don't know how to word it. It's not, like, something that I look forward to doing, but it's not something that is, mm -hmm. like, for me to do. I, because, like, and this, whenever I have, like, a guest on the podcast, I always try to learn, like, as much as possible because I live, like, I am very, not, I, oh, what's the word? I just don't know a lot, of, not a lot of things, but I just, like, it's easy to read scripture and then you have nothing to, like, relate to in real life. Right. And so, like, me, when I talk to my, like, I don't talk to my parents about anything. Like, spiritual journey, that's just all me. Like, yeah. I just never would have thought to approach like my parents about stuff like that sex off the table i barely actually i've been trying to avoid like sex talk pornography talk which is not good but i've tried to be you know, like avoiding it on the podcast so yeah. my dad listens intently like yeah. he listens to the whole hour of each podcast and i'm just like you don't miss a beat do you he's like getting mad at me when i sneeze all this stuff and so i'm just like imagine if i talk about these things or how i feel about these things like would they judge me how i feel which it sucks like like as a parent to know like your kid feels that way about having like those conversations mm -hmm. but then at the same time it's just like how how do i make it easier for them to have that conversation with me right so a lot of a lot of so. what that actually was pretty forced um sex talk <laughs> i'm not gonna lie to you like 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 just being completely honest um sex talks they would sit us down and have that conversation with us um, even at very young ages, sometimes I was pretty traumatized because I didn't even know what we were talking about. <laughs> That's besides the point. Um, <laughs> and then like, when it came like with pornography and stuff like that, that's a sin that really grows in the dark. So that's kind of something that like, I got in trouble for doing. Um, and so when it came to those conversations, it kind of was just like a, a shock at first, just because like, it's not like we expected it, but like whenever you, yeah go through those kind of things it kind of like helps you realize how to better carry out those conversations um i work with a lot of youth uh youth and so like me going through what i went through being able to relate to those feelings and knowing how to help them navigate um i'm really thankful for the experiences that i've had whether they were good or bad that's good um speaking more like onto like the sexual immorality thing like i know like there's just like this perception out there that christian men and women don't every like just fornication is sexual immorality or yeah. um just masturbating might be sexual immorality but no one touches on like the pornography no one touches on like one the struggle and mm -hmm. two how to defeat that so can you like just tell me more about that journey how you defeated it as well as like just the struggle within it it's a cycle that i don't want to perpetuate but like it's been mm -hmm. times where i'll stumble and then i'll 
be terrible. I'll feel ashamed and I'll just keep stumbling and I won't run to God. And that's really what the enemy wants you to do. He doesn't necessarily want you to, he doesn't even care if you're a believer or not. He just wants you to feel like you're an ineffective Christian. He doesn't want you to be over here preaching the gospel. He wants you to feel ashamed about what you're doing. And so like for me, it's like what I I have to um make sure that I'm constantly in the word. If I'm struggling, um I make sure I'll fast because fasting is super crucial to um breaking those urges um that are with your flesh. Um fasting from food too, because a lot of people like the social media fast and that's just not what the Bible was referring to. Social media fasts are good. <laughs> Talking about fasting from food, so um Yeah. What else? Um, pornography isn't talked about because it's one of those sins that like everybody low key kind of struggles with, or a lot of a lot more people struggle with than you would ever expect or talk about. Because it's like I said, it's one of those yeah. things that are, it's easy to get rid of, it's easy to not talk about, and it's easy to feel ashamed about. So it's, um, the Bible says you overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word the word of your testimony. So the more you talk about it, the more you're open, the more you have like these people who can hold you accountable. The lot the easier it is. I notice the times when I struggle the most is when I'm not talking to anybody, when I'm struggling, when I'm keeping quiet. So it's like you know just forcing yourself to be vulnerable, forcing yourself to be accountable. I talk about it all the time. My brother he has passwords on my phone set up to where I can't access certain things. Um, it's summertime now, so I took off the restrictions. But usually when it's the school year. I'm not on my phone past 11, so it's just like putting things in place so I'm not, it, it makes it easier for me, but number one, like I said, is the word, number two is fasting, and, the, and then three would just be accountability, talking to people about it. Those are the top three things that will help you overcome pornography. I like the, I like the one, two, three. That's a very, that's very nice and efficient. <laughs> Because it's it's honestly crazy, and it's even crazy like how the church plays a part in it. Mm-hmm. Um, because like you would see some days they would be <clears throat> they'd be like, oh, we're talking about this today. Please make sure that your kids are not in the like the temple when we're talking about this, or they would like gloss over it and put like this nice sugar coated word on words on it. But like they don't even talk about like where it starts. You know, right. like we don't talk about the fact that lust in itself. Watching someone lustfully can be seen as pornography, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Going and watching movies that specifically have like all of these sex scenes, all of these inappropriate moments, that's like, it's just, it's like the little teardrop or the societally accepted things that just, it'll make it seem like, oh, it's just okay. This is a right. movie. Everybody's watching this movie with me. No one cares. Then right. it's the consistent type of movies. And then you get into the sites that have those consistent type of movies. Then you see the ads from those sites that are specifically niched with those movies. So it's crazy how like the devil just drops this pin in your ear and you just keep pushing. And I'm not saying this um, from a person that doesn't know because I fully know I have seen the sites, seen the movies, seen everything. And unfortunately I never had like an accountability partner I kind of just, it happened in high school, actually, and a lot of things was going on, and people kind of think it as, like, a relief, but then at the end, like, when you were talking about, like, with shame, and you just feel so bad, like, at some point, especially when you grow closer to God, you're like, yeah, this needs to cut out, like, now, because you can't, like, you can't pray, you can't face him, you have to, you have to, you start crying, oh my gosh, you just start bawling, because you feel like garbage, that's probably just me, but um, nah, it's I really hard. Yeah, 
the conviction, the condemnation, it, it pushes you away from God. Um, I think it talks about it in First John. I'm pretty sure it's First John three. Um, when it talks about, you know, you're supposed to stroll boldly into the throne room of God, and when you know that He's pleased with the way that you're living, I believe it's First John three twenty three. But uh, it's like when you know that God is pleased with the way you, that you're living, it's like you have confidence that he hears and answers your prayers. And so it's like whenever you're living in a constant state of sin, whatever the sin is, whether it is pornography or whatever you're struggling with, it's like it, affect, it affects your prayer life. It affects your relationship and your intimacy with God. Um, And like you said, like people gloss over it only because so many people struggle with it or they just don't want to talk about it. It's uncomfortable. And there's this image and this perception that Christians are supposed to be perfect people. They're supposed to not have any struggles, but church is supposed to be the one place where people come to whenever, you know, they have a, a spiritual sickness, right? You go to the doctor when you have a physical sickness and then you go to church when you have a spiritual sickness. So if you can't be open and vulnerable in the church, then where else are you supposed to get help from really? So and that's why people always go looking for help in the wrong places because the place that's supposed to be their home mm -hmm. is just like this this facade like a place where they have to keep up with the joneses when they're really just supposed to be trying to seek after god and it sucks but that's the way it is right hopefully it'll it'll change mm -hmm. as we progress but the end times are near so i don't know how much progression is gonna happen right but oh. okay I was going to say, like, like experience, like, two polarizing opposites. Uh, I went to an old church where it's more so, like, you know, having that, that fear, like, of trying to be perfect. And then going to this newer church that I'm at, I've been at for, like, six months now, it's, like, there's, like, a completely different environment. They have people that are set in place that want you to be open, that they want you to find accountability. They want you to find community um, and just be open about your struggles and stuff like that. So it's, like, it's very possible for a church to be ran the way that it's supposed to. And when it is ran that way, you can tell, like, the congregation benefits so much more. So. Well, that's good that you found one. I, I think I found one, but I don't really... I think my problem is that I don't really talk to a lot of people about my struggles. I am very anxious and I am very just like, it's all on me. I need to keep it to myself. I need to figure it out, which I'm trying to get out of, but it's just super hard for like, I think a lot of people to just open up, especially when, um, what are they calling it? Like when you're been hurt from a church or something like that, something along those lines. Yeah. or hurt from people that quote unquote are super spiritual or, have the Holy Spirit and stuff like that. You hurt from them, so you're like, oh, everyone else like them are gonna treat me like that, you know? Right. So I think that sucks. But okay, we, I like I said, I completely went off from my questions. Um, but as a Christian influencer, there's always been that conversation of whether people should profit from the faith, profit from all the views on TikTok, stuff like that. What is your perspective? Um, this is going to be kind of a, a, a roundabout way of answering the question, but if you look at the Bible and people who truly did what, like, God told them to do, um, God always provided a way for them. And then if you look at the Old Testament specifically, I don't think God has an issue with people being, um, being rich or having money because he blessed Abraham so much for, you know, doing what he said. Solomon was the richest man in the world. We literally had a lineage, lineage of kings. And then, like, I always say, like, Jesus, he wore designer underwear. So, like, this is, like, a, a interesting... <laughs> this sounds crazy. It sounds crazy. But just... <laughs> so, like, 
this is like this is stuff that like I I care about because like like I said I always get flack for people talking about oh like why are you doing this why are you wearing that so mm-hmm. in the Bible when it talks about Jesus was crucified and talks about how Roman soldiers gambled over his garments his undergarments and they say they gambled over it because they didn't want to rip it the reason they didn't want to rip it was because it didn't have any seams in it so. I was thinking about that and I was like, hmm, so what does that mean? So when I was researching it, and it was like, well, that's to have a seamless garment, it would have taken hours upon hours upon hours of work. That's not a garment that somebody who is just a commoner would have. And then like Jesus was given gold, frankincense, and myrrh when he was born. So people always use the excuse, oh, Jesus, he was poor, or, you know, you're not supposed to have money, blah, 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 blah. Like they get mad at pastors for having wealth. And it's like, that. where is that in the Bible? You don't really see that. And so I was just really, it's like, whenever you like shine a light on it from that perspective, people kind of like, are like, whoa, because Jesus, he had a treasure. Judas was stealing from his treasure and somebody who, who doesn't have money wouldn't have a treasure. So it's just like, when you ever look at it from that aspect, it's like, yes, Jesus, he never focused on money, but that's because he had access to it. Like he told Peter, go grab gold from a, a fish's mouth. If you can go get gold from anywhere, why would you really stress over money? Like money is not supposed to be the main focus, but um okay. it's there's nothing wrong with having it so i think it's pretty pretty um inconsiderate to say oh you shouldn't be paid for what you're doing when influencers spend hours upon hours of research or time and dedication a lot goes into what we do people think i just pick up the camera and i just record and it's like i've gotten to that point because i've done so much research and it's like a pro makes easy at this point i understand what tiktok's looking for i understand what people like first and i also get messages out that you know god has put in my heart but it's like you know if i can get money off of doing that why wouldn't i right and then of course i'm gonna not like i'm just keeping it all to myself so that was definitely a first honestly that was a first but like the more you talked like the more i realized and looked at it and it was like well moses was the most known person in egypt after the plagues job before it was set and after it was set for life so and just countless more people david i mean the man money um <laughs> but it comes like, out that makes sense yeah being a good steward of what you're given ultimately i don't think god's gonna bless somebody with a platform or or a large amount of money if they're not going to be a good steward so yeah which kind of reminds me um yesterday i think we had the conversation not us, but I had the conversation of like, when you're isolated and you're alone, maybe God is actually preparing you because I know a lot of people or there's a lot of people who go out there and they be like, well, God's just not blessing me. And then you have to think, well, maybe you're not ready to be blessed yet. You know, like maybe you're not the right mold yet. And so you're alone and you're struggling or you're isolated and you're struggling because you're not ready to accept it. So I think that is like you saying that actually kind of opened my eyes to that because I always like ask that question when I'm struggling, never when I'm doing it, but when I'm struggling, I'm always asking like, why is it that I, and it's just like, maybe because you're complaining right now, like maybe because you're not fully appreciating what you have right now. And so thank you. Um, But that leads into another good point. I know you talked about like, you're passionate about it because people always give this like rap to you. What is your response to those negative comments? At some point, you just kind of got to realize like negativity is going to come. 
but it, it's the worst when you get sucker punched on something that you didn't expect it to come from. And so that's probably <laughs> sucker punched. Like I can't. That's the best way to explain it, honestly, because it's like sometimes. Mm-hmm. You're, okay, this video is going to be polarizing, you know, somebody's going to disagree with me. Like, if you talk about abortion or the LGBTQ community, you already know you're going to get backlash for that, right? But, like, what do you do if you make a video, say, Jesus being God or the Trinity, and you see all these believers arguing with you, and then people are threatening your salvation? And so um, I just got to a place where it's like, okay, don't even read comments. Don't even look at comments. If you notice, like, if you go through my TikTok profile, I'll probably like, like, a couple comments. If that, I'll probably respond to a couple comments, and then I'll just let it be, because people are going to say what they want to say. Some people don't even want to have a conversation for real. They just want to be argumentative just to argue. I always tell people, you know, you can yeah. read my Instagram's linked in my bio. I'm like, let's have a conversation about it. Off of TikTok, off of, off of a platform where everybody else can see, because if it's true that you want to get, like, a clear understanding on where I am and where you are, and we come to an agreement on something, then you wouldn't mind having a conversation behind closed doors. But a lot of times people use negativity to try and get off, um, to try and gain some clout or, you know, just get your attention. And so, you know, whenever you feed into that, it can be really negative on your mental health. And so me and my brothers, we were just like, okay, we'll just stop replying to comments. We'll just stop caring. And so the less you look at comments, the easier it is. That makes sense. I th- I thought um, I don't know. I, comments to me, I just mm, I like I like all the bad ones too. I don't know why. I feel like it's it it gives me the satisfaction of like turning the other cheek. So I'm yeah. like, even though you said something negative about me, I will still like it because you think you need it. Thank you. That's love right there. <laughs> we love to do. We'll be like, oh, I'll pray for you. It's kind of like a, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a Christian thing to do, but like you can, it can be so backhanded. And then so we'll just be like, oh, I'll pray for you. And then like, it's like an inside joke between us. So we'll just laugh about it. But <laughs> I can understand that. That's a, that's a different perspective. Turning the other cheek. I can respect I that. People, I hope people do pray for them when they say, I'll pray for you. Oh, I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. I actually do. Oh, actually. I hope you. Oh, yeah, that's nice. A lot of people don't. A lot of people don't have. Um, what is it? The patience yeah. to do that. I don't have it all the time, but I'll do it like once or twice like on a good day, if right. I'm being fully honest. But um, since we know that you're going to be praying for a lot of negative comments in your days, let us know what your daily routine looks like, especially with God in belt, how do you spend time with him if you wanna like dispose or some people like they do like an hour to hour day or you yep. could just be like this part of my day I do this, whatever's up to you. So currently I'm um it's summertime so I don't have a set routine which I actually wanna get back on top of because my friend made a TikTok video, it's like the enemy comes for your routine and I could definitely see that. And so if you don't have a set routine and you're not intentional about spending time with God, then it can impact your um, how much time you spend with Him. But like, say I'm in school, my my schedule is typically I wake up, I spend time in the Word, um, I listen to a worship song, and then on the way to school, I'll, I'll listen to worship music or I'll listen to Christian rap or whatever. But usually, I'm listening to worship music on the way to school. Then I'll pray on my way to school. Then I'll go throughout school. I'll listen to music or whatever. I'll pay pray throughout the day. But um, typically, I spend most of my time reading my word in the mornings, and then from that way, I have like my day set. And then sometimes I might read at nighttime. But now since it's summertime, I usually just find time throughout the day to like read the word or 
of um, listening to worship music. I don't really watch too many sermons, to be honest. I'm honestly in church or Bible study frequently, like Sunday, Wednesday, Thursday, sometimes. Oh, gosh. Yeah, so it's, <laughs> I'm constantly doing something that's keeping me around the word or in the word, so it's not like mm-hmm. trying to be one and done with what I do. I just do spend a lot of time around the scripture and stuff like that. So um, just finding ways to incorporate Christ and uh not really trying to like make it like i don't know how to word it because like you do like i said you do want to make it a part of your routine but you don't want to be religious about it you don't want to beat yourself up and be like oh i didn't read today or oh I didn't. <laughs> and it's like the more that you develop your relationship the more you're going to want to read the more it's going to be a part of your routine the more you will be upset because it's like you want to spend time with them it's not because you question like oh i'm not saved because i didn't read today yeah I get that. And speaking on like the um the church, like oh when like what really shocked me was like that was like four days out of what seven I think. Yeah. And I was just like, goodness. People used to tell me that I stayed in church too much. No, you take the cake, sir. Cause I and I don't really like do like like I do stuff, but I take I do photography at church, and so I just be hearing the word because I'm taking pictures of the person like speaking it, but. I'm, I, I, I don't know. I go there because I want to take pictures, but then I also know it's like a benefit because I'll be like, like in the background hearing it all and hopefully it, something sinks in. But yeah, that was, I was very shocked. Four days. Well, not, so Goodness. two of them at church, then two of them are, one's Bible study and then one's a Christian organization that I'm a part of. And people always ask me like, John, how do you get Christian friends? Blah, 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 blah. You got to go to places like church or places that are, are like Christian events or Christian organizations outside of, you know, church. Because some people have a church demographic where it's like, they're the only young person. And then it's like, you know, what you do? I don't have friends. And so um, I'm just a part of different communities. And so that's like, like I said, like I'm around the word four times a week and I'll have dedications to places that I go to, but it's not necessarily church. Yeah, which I, I just want to say, my name is Shanika and I'm an introvert. I do not like people. I mean, I like people. I love people. Well, so, no, I don't like people. I love people. Okay. But do I like to be around people? No. I like to be inside. I spend the majority of my days anime, reading, podcasts. That's it. That's me. But um, I do ask those questions. I'd be like, oh, how do y'all get friends? And they're like, oh, you know, I go to this place and that place. And I'm like, ah, such a drain yeah. on my social battery. Um, so I don't know necessarily how, and I don't know if you would count yourself like as an extrovert or whatever, but I just, you just talk to people so long that you just get drained. I don't know how to explain it, which I need to get better at too, which it was a big challenge at first, like interviewing like different guests because I have to talk to people. Like I sweat, I sweated my shirt out, like my first guest and I was just like, you have to get over this. You have to. You have to do better. So, kudos to you for being able to, like, just communicate with different people because that is very hard. And I can see how people have a lot of questions about that, especially since my question would be to you is like, are all of those like close friends, or is it just definitely like, not. Um, you have to have. Okay. Um, especially as an influencer, you can't be friends with everybody. We're talking about it in church this um past Sunday. Actually, they're like, you know, as a pastor of a congregation of like roughly a thousand, I would assume, go there. 
he's like he's like um i would love to be there for everybody but i can't and he's like psychology says you can only be friends close friends really close friends with like 12 people at maximum and then you could have like a group that you're still pretty cool with, with like 25 friends and so um the 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 bigger i've grown my platform and my account i've realized i can't be friends with everybody i can't be there for everybody um i stopped giving out my number to people that i'm not i don't have close relationships with and so it's just like setting boundaries gave out your number yeah so like i didn't so like whenever you're whenever you're first starting as like a influencer or something like that you'll be like oh yeah we can we can talk we can call blah 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 but it's like once you start doing that to 30 40 people and then they're always wanting your time and you have no me time i'm an ambivert so like i'll go out but i definitely need time yeah. to be and so i was just like man i don't have any me time so i had to stop i just had to carry myself in a way that was different and people were like oh like you're holly and z but it's like whenever you're if if my mental place isn't in a space where i can give out to others because i'm always giving out and i don't have time to pour back into myself then there's no point in me just always giving out so you know just making sure that my own space and so if you do start going to a lot of events or like having a lot of christian friends just make sure that you're intentional on the relationships that you don't you do want to develop but like don't feel obligated or forced to be friends with everybody because quite simply you can't i think i think acknowledging that balance is definitely good because i well i probably i probably need to give out my number more but i don't really get i don't give out my number to anybody i think i've deleted like 40 contacts last week because i just was like no but i just i'm just that i'm just that person like i like i have i went i went through high school college all of that without having any like close friends to this day like if i got married i would have no bridesmaids so that should tell you <laughs> how we gotta fix that introverted. I, I, that's, what, that's what i'm saying i need to do better yes um I'm trying. I'm learning from everyone, like how exactly to not like walk into a conversation awkward, or to like have better conversation topics. I have better ones now because I have time to like prepare. But right, yeah. that just that ask, that was a nugget that I needed. Just ask me if they like anime. Boom. But you know, most anime lovers are. Weird. They're pretty. Quiet. I'm not. Not. I'm not even say weird, but like I'm weird. So I'm gonna no. I'm gonna say weird. So like, and then I want to talk more, like, then more about like anime. I want to talk about like Christ and like all that other stuff. And I don't think those two things don't usually collide. You're definitely the first person that I've talked to that it collided with. Mm -hmm. So I should tell you a lot. <laughs> um. So this a lot of people find the person that. It yeah, a lot of people don't really talk about it. A lot of people don't even know that I, I I watch, but it's like it'll come up in conversation sometime. So I think a lot of people forget also, like I'm a college student, like I'm a normal person. Mm. I, I, what I do on TikTok, <laughs> I, like I love talking about the Bible and Christ. Like, don't give me there's more to me than that as well. Like we're all our own individual person that God created. So, you know, I have my own interests and hobbies, too. That's good. Um, okay, so last question. Okay. And this is kind of like the question I ask everyone. It's just like, what is one piece of advice that you would give to someone who doesn't know God, who knows God, but lost him, or you never could lose God, but who have in like their feelings, they feel like they've lost him or they like can't get back with him. What would you tell them? Um, 
kind of two in one since that was like a, a, a pretty complex question. The first thing I'll tell them is like, you can never earn God's approval through your actions. As in, like, you can't, like, salvation doesn't come through your actions. You can never live good enough to get into heaven. So that kind of alleviates the pressure of being like, oh, like, I have to live like a perfect person. And I will go into more detail on that. But then the next thing is, like, also, you can never make God leave you because of how you live. You can never be too bad for work, for God to leave you. And um, I think that's really comforting to me because it's like even if I'm going through like a hard season where I'm like, man, I'm not in my word. Man, I'm struggling. Man, I'm, I'm stumbling with old sins. And it's like, okay, well, he still loves me. He still died for me. And you don't want to take advantage of his grace. But it's like, you know, if you're if you're putting all this pressure on yourself to live this lifestyle without him, then it's not going to work. You always have to keep him front and center. And so he's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He's really just waiting on you to come into tapping into the word. So that'd be my advice. Nice. Oh, sweet. <laughs> but um you said you was gonna go more in depth with the first one because i know the only reason why i asked is because some people can take that for granted they'll take their grace for granted mm -hmm. and so how do you what is the line like where is that line where is the line um it talks about it in roman six so I, I always tell people like you know like a lot of people understand grace as, you know, God forgave me for my sins, but like grace is more than that. It's actually the ability to set you free from your sins. And so when you have a, a bigger understanding of what grace truly is for, then it makes you more appreciative. And so the, the line is like, you're actively fighting. When you stop fighting, that's when the line is drawn, right? Like you could stumble every day, multiple times a day, but you know, still asking for forgiveness, still hopping in your word, X, Y, and Z. But it's like the moment when you're just like, okay, I'm just going to sin just because and I'm not going to even try anymore. That's where the line is like, okay, now you're taking advantage of this grace. And that's not something that we're supposed to do as believers. Okay, that was, that was a good line. That was a really good line. I never really thought about it like that. I always thought about it like when you like just, and I guess that's about it, like, ex like example. But when you know that you're intentionally doing it, then that's the line. But I never thought of the fact that, you know, like, when you stop fighting, when you become complacent, that's also the line. So that's an eye opener as well. But anyway, we have reached the end of the podcast. I just want to thank Jonathan for coming on the podcast. And I'm going to give it one more time, one more go to tell you guys where to find him at on TikTok and Instagram. Yeah, TikTok, John the Saint. Instagram, it's S-B-I-N-T dot J-O-N. Um, Look at my bio. I have a merch. Um, I have a brand called Centers to Saint, Center to Saint, and it's about you know your new identity in Christ. We are saints. We are not sinners. I tell people all the time: stop saying you're a sinner because you're a new creature in Christ. So, having your word choice is very important. But um, yeah, Instagram, TikTok. I do have Snapchat. You can find that in my bio as well. Um, always looking down. I'm always down to connect, chat, hit me up about whatever questions you have about. Jesus, and I'll try and answer him the best I can. But thank you for having me on the podcast. It was actually a really dope conversation. So, oh no, for sure. Actually, did you think the conversation was gonna be boring? No, no, <laughs> I didn't know what to expect? I'm pulling your leg. I didn't know what to expect. <laughs> I didn't like. All right, y'all, y'all. So listen. So I didn't know Janika's name until today. So there was that. Um. 
I didn't really check my email for real to see what the questions would be. So there's also that. And then we had to like shift some stuff around with scheduling. And so I was just, I just came in here kind of blindsided, but I was excited. <laughs> no, okay. So I don't know. Well, no, I do know. So like my phrase is that God is the owner. I'm just the host. Mm -hmm. And I act like just the host. Like I don't put my name on anything. I don't say my name in anything. I don't introduce myself, which is probably makes it less personal because nobody <laughs> knows that that's my intention behind it. Yeah. But the reason why I do it is so I don't my, myself personally is like that boundary, like so that I don't get caught up, you know. So I'm gonna I'm a I'm in the emails. I'll do a better job at saying, "Hey, my name is Janika. I'm not like a robot. Please yeah. answer me back." <laughs> But, um, so I pray it at the end of every episode, so I'm going to do that right now. Okay. Um, hopefully I don't cough through it. Um, dear Heavenly Father, just thank you so much for Jonathan. Thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for just the ability to have conversations and remind people that we as children of God are not perfect, but you make up every single Thing that is perfect and you have just secured a spot in heaven if we want to take it you have sacrificed your son for us and that's just the epitome of love and so we hopefully that this podcast can encourage those that are listening that they are loved and that they are saints and not sinners once they are renewed and rejuvenated and revived in christ that Lord god we thank you for everything that you've done for us Good, bad, great lessons, all of the above. Amen. Amen. So, ah, we will see you guys, or I will see you guys next week. Bye. Peace.